This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Tuesday edition of the Round Ball Stew podcast on NBC Sports Edge. I am your host, Ryan Knauss, with me as usual. My co-host, Jared Johnson. Hello. Uh, Jared, we're going to jump into some massive performances. We've got a lot of key players returning from injuries lately. Uh, just a ton of, you know, fallout from those returning players I want to talk about. Uh, some pickups of the day coming your way. But Jared, first, where, where do things stand in your all-important playoff matchups? I know you had the two battles with Steve last week, and he <laughs> talked about those in the pod yesterday. But real, real quick, catch us up. So I'm going up against Matt this week in the company league. He is currently up 6-3, but I have a ridiculous, uh, way more amount of games than him. I think it's like, Mm. let me see. I'll check right now. It's, uh, (laughs) let me see. He, I did, I did use all my ads on Monday, but I felt, I felt like I did well because two of the ads, one was Will Barton. That's like a keeper. The other one was Isaiah Stewart, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about later. So I have 37 games to his 27. So I'm not too nervous about the deficit at the moment. <laughs> 27 sounds to me, I'd be suspicious as to whether he has... I don't think he's used... Set, set his lineups the rest of the week. No, I don't... Well, I just don't think he's used any ads yet, but we'll see. Uh, we'll yes. see. Okay. Well, hey, you're, you're still playing, which is really the key at this point in the season. Yeah, exactly to have a matchup to discuss here here ahead of the game there very good well for all of all of us and i am in the same boat still playing in fantasy playoffs we're still looking for pickups still playing the wire and as usual we have pickups of the day after monday's games these come straight from the edge nba season tools they're available seven days a week this one comes from our colleague zach hanchu he actually went with a 10 pack of players he had 10 different guys who could help your fantasy squad through fantasy playoffs or to make a final push in roto leagues, whatever it might be. I'm going to touch on four of them real quick. A couple guys. Now he doesn't touch anyone in pickups of the day who have roster rates of 50% or above in Yahoo, but he starts with Darius Baisley, 43% rostered. Baisley has scored 25 points at least in back-to-back games while averaging seven boards and three and a half triples in that span. Terrence Mann is also 43% rostered. He's been a top 100 player over the past month and posted a big double-double on Monday. Yeah. Then we get down to some low roster rate guys. You got Talon Horton Tucker at 8%. He went off for 25 and 5 with three stocks on wow. Monday. His arrow is pointing in the right direction with three strong games in his last four. He was indeed one of the only bright spots for LA last night. Oh, yeah. uh, and finally, Torian <laughs> Prince at 3%. And we'll talk a little bit more about this, but Torian Prince may see his role increase with injuries to Jaden McDaniel, McDaniels rather, and Jared Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. And I can get behind that. But again, we'll, we'll get more into uh, injuries, guys returning from injury, all that stuff as we proceed. First, a reminder that March Madness is officially here. So get your brackets ready by tuning into the Bet the Edge 
Brackets and Bets show on Monday, March 14th at 4 p.m. Eastern. Well, rather, sorry, so that already aired. <laughs> but you can go to our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel <laughs> where Sarah Perlman was joined by members of our NBC Sports Edge team to break down the best way to wager on the big dance and fill out your brackets. Special edition of Bet the Edge is available anywhere you get your podcasts. It's been loaded into the Round Ball Stew feed. And again, you can check it out on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel right now. Jared, moving on to massive performance. Carl Anthony Towns. Oof. My oh my. I am up against a team in the 30 deep playoffs that has Carl Anthony Towns and Jakob Pertl. They were both playing each other last night. <laughs> and Kat certainly got the better of that matchup. He scored an NBA season high 60 points, Jared. Yeah. It was it was an unbelievable performance. Uh, the Spurs obviously just had zero answers for him, whether he was in the paint or beyond the arc. They couldn't do anything to stop him. His shot chart was a thing of beauty. Yeah. Just all in the restricted area or or at the top of the arc. I yeah. mean, he has one right by the logo. <laughs> this guy wasn't missing yeah. last night. Uh, <laughs> I also have him in a 30 deep league. And uh, uh, Matt has him in our matchup. So I, it might be difficult for me to win points this this week. But that's, that's okay. There's other, other categories out there. Well, and percentages. Cat shot. I don't have it right in front of me. But he was, it was incredible. You know, somewhere around 70% from the field on high volume. He was mm -hmm. also like 15 of 16 from the line, mm -hmm. if I remember. Just an absolutely amazing performance and this comes courtesy of brad stonebreaker's daily dose column uh he wrote cat had 32 points in the third quarter alone to tie david thompson for third all time in a quarter obviously wow. clay thompson still has the record at 37. cat also joins jordan malone and shack as the only players with 60 points and 17 rebounds in a game during the three-point era and he's the first center since shack in 2000 to score 60 points in regulation so that's that's the kind of bender he was Jeez. on last night <laughs> man and uh he may wake up this morning and not even remember what happened because he was <laughs> he was just blacked out on the court unbelievable stuff L less exciting was what anthony edwards did he had five points in 30 minutes after being listed as probable mm. due to left knee tendinopathy how worried are you here i mean that was just one game i'm not attributing it entirely to the injury but does it concern you uh, Anthony Edwards, no, I'm not. I'm not concerned about him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not not too much analysis there. I think I think he'll be fine. I think that's <laughs> a game where you know he kind of take a backseat to the Carl Anthony Towns show. Oh yeah, yeah. When when he got put back in, Cat was in foul trouble, and you know the the Wolves still had a double digit comfortable lead, but yeah. Chris Finch put him back in and Kat was like, coach, what do you want me to do? And Chris Finch said, go get 60. <laughs> so like, nice. So like, it was just all about Kat, you know, doing his thing last night. So to, to your point about Ant just took a took a back seat. Also, Jaden McDaniels played 32 minutes, but he did leave in the very last minute due to an ankle sprain. So that's concerning, especially because carried off the court. Well, OK, it was bad. So much the better. Was I, I wasn't watching the final moments of that game. I didn't see that. It was bad. Bad. It did not okay. look good. All right. So he might be missing time. And then you've got Jared Vanderbilt, who remains out with a quad injury. We have not heard much information at all about that quad injury. So there could be more DMPs coming. And that goes back to Zach's recommendation of Torian Prince as a pickup. I like the pickup in general. I will, however, offer a caveat. 
that the Wolves only play Wednesday and Saturday this week. Uh, so it's mm. it's not a great schedule wise pickup for the rest of this week. However, if you're you know confident you'll advance or in a roto league and looking for someone like that, Torian Prince might be your guy. Yeah, yeah. The the he's surprisingly been uh, pretty active in the on the stat sheet with kind of a little bit of everything. Some pretty consistent with the steals, triples. Um, he's even getting dimes. So yeah, certainly someone to look at. I would the word surprising there was accurate. Every time Torian Prince does something useful, it surprises me. But he's got it, <laughs> he's got it in him. All right. Monday also saw some momentous returns for players, Jared, as you know. Why don't you start us out with you with your boy? Well, a couple of them came back, I guess. And Brooke Lopez is not one of them, but Draymond. Draymond Green, baby. Ooh, he looked nice. He played in little five-minute bursts. Uh, 20 minutes, he finished with 6.7 boards, six times, a triple, a steal, and three turnovers. He did look gassed at times, which, you know, he's missed a solid two months. But he did a nice job setting up his favorite target, Chef Curry, on an, on a night when Steph scored uh, 47. He just does this thing in transition. They'll be in transition. He'll just set a hard screen and a handoff to Steph. And, and it just... That's such a hmm. difficult play to guard. Um, and I saw an interesting stat last night. Um, I think of the current of current teams, um, the players, the teammates with the most games together uh, in the top one, three and four was some combination of Steph, uh, Clay and Dre. So, you know, these guys just have so much comfort with each other. Wow. And I think just having him back on the floor really opens up um, the Warriors offense where they're kind of allowed to just give Dre the ball. And then you see both Clay and Steph running through countless amount of screens. And then you allow Dre to make the decision at the end of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what we saw last night. I, I thought I thought he looked really good. I thought the Dubs offense looked much better. Great to see him back. Yeah. What does this mean in fantasy? Well, unfortunately, this week, uh, it's not great. They're going to play again. He only has two more games on the slate. One is on Wednesday. There's 12 games that day. Um, so kind of unlikely that you would use him. Sunday, nine games. So another busy slate where you might have your roster full. So like, are you really going to use him here? So I, I just, I, I think it's less than ideal in head-to-head -head settings. I do still, I, I like him in Roto Leagues. You know, I, I think, I've said it many times, I think dimes are undervalued. He's a guy, look, he, he had 20 minutes, he had six times. I love it. But in a head-to-head -head league, less than ideal. Next week, it's a four-game week, which includes a back-to-back -back set, which, so he's probably only going to be available for uh, three mm -hmm. of those games. We also saw Jonathan Kuminga remain in the starting lineup, and he had a nice line over, over 28 minutes, 12 points, 8 boards, 3 assists, 2 triples, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. This rookie is impressive. Um, I have trouble convincing myself that when Draymond is fully up to speed, can Kuminga uh, keep up this level of play? I'm very skeptical of that. But with how well he has played and 
with him not receiving the Steve Kerr treatment, a la James Wiseman, who is yet to be seen this season, mm-hmm. I think you just stick with him until he gives you a reason to cut him. Um, yeah, I'm with that. I don't know if you touched on his numbers from last night, but he was really good last night with with Dre. You know, even back in the lineup, Kuminga had 12 points, eight boards, three assists, two triples, two steals, two blocks, 28 minutes. And, I, you know, I kind of think he can not keep up those numbers, but keep up fantasy value because Draymond's minutes, rather, are going to come at the expense of Kavan Looney. They're going to come at the expense of Nemanja Bialica, Otto Porter Jr. Like, there's a lot of ways that those minutes can be carved out of the rotation without crushing Jonathan Kuminga. And the Warriors yeah. want this guy. You know, he is a rising star, it looks like, who can be an absolute difference maker on a Absolutely. team that needs that you know, needs some extra help that isn't Steph Clay Dre. So yeah, I, I, I love Kuminga. I think hold on to him. Uh, even with Dre back, th- that's a great move. I wanted to just real quick, give you a quote I found while you were talking from Draymond Green about his screens, because he sets so many screens and gets so many screen assists for Steph. And he, he had a quote, this was a little, little over a year ago. He said, I view screens like I view assists. When I nail a guy on a screen and Steph hits the three, I probably feel better than Steph does. which i love like i just i love that that you know put on your your work hat and get dirty and do the little things that maybe don't show up on the box score all the time but get those screen assists yeah uh, make life easier for your teammates and that's what he does so so exceptionally well he does it in transition with these handoff plays i'm telling Mm -hmm. you like it's impossible to guard it and and they're they have so much chemistry together um i think like as soon as he checked into the game they they dropped it to him in the post and he did a shovel pass to Steph for a three. It was just beautiful. It's you know, a lot of time these these men have together. So they certainly do. Another guy who's been in the league for a long time is Brooke Lopez, and he was back from his back surgery. He had six points, one board, one steal, zero blocks, shot one of three from deep, and played 15 minutes off the bench. He was fine as far as it goes, like for a guy returning from back injury, he looked good, gave him decent minutes, uh, you know, typical stretch five kind of thing that he does. I don't have any interest in him at all in fantasy. He was the most picked up player, I believe, for two days in a row on Yahoo when it was announced that he was coming back. I didn't see why, you know, I, I did a Yahoo video forum where I said when Lopez doesn't get sufficient blocks or three pointers, he's not likely doing anything else of value for fantasy. He's particularly bad as a rebounder for his size. And last year he averaged just five boards, 0.7 assists and 0.6 steals. He's a 14 year NBA veteran who has played one game since the finals last July. We'll make it two now. So what in what in this scenario could possibly lead to fantasy value the rest of the way? Should everybody blanket ignore him, Jared? No, I'm. I mean, in head-to-head settings, I'm Ooh. not interested. But like in roto settings, I do think that he has a valuable skill set. Um, like you said, he he looked reasonably well in those 15 minutes off the bench. Uh, pretty much what I expected. I would have I would have appreciated a block. But, you know, a center that can give me, you know, how, how much longer until he's getting 20 minutes and then he's giving me two threes and maybe two blocks a game. In a Roto League, that's important. In a head-to-head setting, far less attractive. I get it. So not not there in a head-to-head league, but in a Roto setting, I, I, I'm, I have him in, in one league, yeah. All right, that's that's fair. And looking ahead, the Bucks do not play back-to-back games until March 31st yep. and April 1st, by which time your most leagues are over anyway. So 
All right, I, I, I can respect that, even if I'm not quite getting behind it. Um, Bobby Bobby Portis, by the way, we should mention, because he's a guy who seems directly impacted by Brook Lopez. To me, I'm not worried about him, partly because I'm not sure when Brook's minutes, as you said, will ramp up to 20 or beyond. But Portis has been excellent. I think we haven't discussed him nearly as much, at least on our Tuesday podcast, as we should have probably throughout this season. He's been a top 60 guy all season long, despite going undrafted in almost all fantasy leagues, including the past few weeks. He's been top 60 in under 30 minutes per game, which is key. I think Serge Ibaka probably just falls out of the rotation. He only played seven minutes on Monday with Brooke back. So I'm I'm thinking Ibaka falls. Most of his minutes go to Brooke and Portis maybe loses a couple, but I'm not worried about Portis are you, are you at all no uh I think that I mean maybe like a very marginal hit like maybe from top 60 to top what 70 I mean right I gotcha but yeah I think even even in a 20 even if his minutes get reduced to the mid-20s we've seen him successful in that role so uh yeah not terribly worried he he had a marginal game last night but I'm, I'm not panicking at the moment uh moving on uh, we also had another return, Mr. Karis Levert. Uh, he came back 11 points, seven boards, three dimes, and 25 minutes off the bench. It's clear that he's still trying to find his rhythm in Cleveland, trying to figure out where he needs to be on the floor, where his shots are going to come from, etc. But overall, I thought that he looked pretty good. Uh, but first off, I need to, I need to mention something. Mm-hmm. Do you know that they launch hot dogs into the stands at Cleveland games? Real hot dogs? Actual edible hot dogs? Real hot dogs. Like, like out of a from potato a gun kind of thing? One of those t-shirt yes. cannons? It was the most amazing thing I have ever seen. I feel, <laughs> I feel right. like I've missed out. I've never been to a sporting event where they were launching hot dogs. This was incredible. <laughs> they, had, they had people dressed up in hot dog costumes. Really? Oh man, I feel like we need to normalize hot dog launching. Wow, this is this is something that is underutilized. Okay, in so I, I will say, when you first said that, I'm now picturing them a hot dog in a bun inside like one of those silver foil wrappers, which could be successfully launched. At first, I was kind of like, do the people in the stands have buns and they try to catch the hot dogs as they fly out toward them? <laughs> you get free season tickets if you catch it, and. Uh, if you catch the ones with, with Frank's no, red, think, red casings, yeah, you get extra. So <laughs> I like all of it. No matter how Incredible. this plays out, Incredible. I'm down with the hot dog. So I'm glad you brought that to my attention. I think we need, yeah, we need more hot dog launching just in just general. Food in general. I don't, I don't think where. we have to stop at hot dogs, but this will be a topic for another pod. But an ideal an ideal launching uh, of food is very, very aerodynamic and shaped. True. I feel like Milwaukee <laughs> could do like kielbasa launching. Like they just kind of up, up the stakes. You know, they're famous for beer. Up and I'd pair it with a, with a good brat maybe. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we'll get back to this another day. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I get, back to Karis LeVert. I thought he looked quite good. You know, the stat line wasn't quite there. But he did, when he was able to touch the rock, when he's able to kind of slither through his defenders, when he's able to set guys up, it's just going to be a matter of finding his comfort level. Now, we're not quite in the area where you can be patient. Again, head-to-head leagues, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if you stick with him because he has been underwhelming 
since since arriving in Cleveland, which was unfortunate because uh, I've said this a bunch, but he had that 40 spot right before the trade mm-hmm. uh, in Indiana. But I liked what I saw. Uh, I have him in a Roto League. I'm not sure I would be glued to him in a head-to-head setting. Yeah. Any other takeaways there? No, I think much like you, I'm kind of on the fence as to whether he's even a valuable guy to have on your roster right now, which says some, says plenty that there are a lot of guys who are producing, stepping up for injured teammates, etc., who have very low roster rates. And then you look at Karis Levert, who has indeed struggled to kind of find his, his groove in Cleveland, and then the injury didn't help. But he's still rostered in 82% of leagues, which means a lot of managers have just been holding him in the hopes of some sort of late season surge, or I'm, I'm not sure what. Now, there may be teams that got knocked out that still have him on the roster. But in any case, very high roster for a guy who hasn't done very much. I mean, he's had six total rebounds in the four previous games prior to last night when he got seven. So that was at least nice to see. But the three point shooting, he's made it. He's made exactly one three pointer in eight straight games, but his percentage from the arc is very low in those games. Um, I guess quickly before we move on, looking ahead to next season, Jared, you know, you've been a big Levert supporter. I've been a little more gun shy on him just because of the injury risk and so forth. Let's say there's a discount and he drops to the 60 to 80 range. Is that where you're comfortable taking him or are you are you going even higher? Are you going 40, 50 or what's your thought? I, well, I, I never reach interest. That's kind of mm-hmm. like even if you like, a I guy, don't care. You... I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't have guys right. like the way that I approach a draft is I base it off where I can get the best value. Mm-hmm. I'm never gonna pull like I'm never gonna try to make a statement pick in round four, mm-hmm. right? Got um, basically, the first four rounds I play it very safe. Maybe I'll start reaching round. Six or seven, maybe. But anyways, I I feel like Levert, if he continues to underwhelm, I feel like you might be able to get him like round nine. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure that that there's going to be a ton of hype. And in that situation, yes, I would love taking him with a late round hmm. pick uh, as a guy with a ton of upside. I like that. You're right. Maybe he does fall even further because of this exceedingly lackluster campaign that he's put together full of dmps and now this struggles in cleveland so yeah maybe maybe there's that you know the the hype is gone and even the post hype is gone and now you've just got a player who has disappointed for a couple years and you can get him cheap so uh that's something to keep an eye on over the summer see how how his value starts to shape up Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet to enter this week's completely free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. We are highlighting matchups between the 76ers and Cavaliers, Nuggets and Wizards, and Lakers and Timberwolves. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now and take a shot at the 50K. All right. We had another return, although much less momentous because he was only out for one game, I believe. But Rudy Gobert was back versus the Bucks on Monday. He had 18 points, 14 rebounds, and a steal in 32 minutes. So the injury was officially a non-factor. Seemed more like a rest day, precautionary thing. Yeah. Hassan Whiteside can be cut. Although if you did stream him last night, as Steve did in our championship in the live draft league, he still gave you four blocks. So kind of hit his mark to be honest he had five five boards to go along with it you get four blocks good cut yeah. them and move on so that's not the worst thing exactly and then i know your stomach has been turning for the past 48 hours because you saw a certain viral image on twitter i believe jared what uh can you explain to yeah. to everyone what that was john collins finger made the rounds on twitter yesterday <laughs> i don't like calling it a finger that's a weird sentence calling it say, a finger is generous like okay this thing, you remember those little, uh, was it Nike pump shoes? You pump them up? Mm-hmm. Little basketball? Reeboks had it as yeah, well, yeah. Reeboks, yeah. It looks like they took the basketball from those shoes and implanted it into his ring finger <laughs> oh, on the right hand. It's a good it is so swollen. <laughs> like, if, if my finger looked like his, I'm retiring. I'm calling it quits. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. guys, it was a nice run. I'm done with this sport. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my hand. <laughs> I've I've made so, a couple million. I'm calling it a day. I'm calling it a day. Uh, oh my god! So just you can find it. It's really it is gross. It's gross. So according to a report in the Athletic, he's having trouble squeezing the ball. He's having trouble passing the ball, and obviously he's having trouble shooting the ball. This is on his uh, shooting hand. He tried to play through it impressively with just a splint. Didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, now, grain of salt, this analysis is coming from a doctor who simply saw the picture. It's not a team doctor. Um, but in the article where they interviewed the doctor, he said he couldn't need as much as two to three weeks um, of rest to see just moderate improvement here. And honestly, like, look at the picture. That doesn't surprise me. To make matters worse, despite taking those seven games off to rest his foot, it's still giving him trouble. He is still experiencing pain in that foot. So I, it's just such a bad time with the playoffs in full swing. Like, I I would try not to cut him. We don't have a timetable yet, but it's also not looking good at all. But also at the same time, Atlanta doesn't necessarily have the luxury to mm-hmm. – I don't know. It's it's very confusing because they're trying to – they're trying to – I feel like maybe they're fine in the play-in tournament. You want John Collins healthy for the playoffs. <laughs> you also don't want to miss the playoffs – it's 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 just a whole lot of bad here. So like I said, if if you have an IL spot available, put him in there. But um 
he might not be back. Yeah. For, for yeah. The, weeks, the, the Hawks you know? currently are the number nine seed in the East. They, but they have a four and a half game lead on the number 11 seed Wizards. So it seems pretty comfortable their spot, at least for the play in. And as you said, kind of getting John Collins right may prove to be more important, you know, than just trying to get a couple wins now to get the eight seed instead of 10 when you're going to be in the play in regardless, although it does give you clear advantages to to get yeah. to seven or eight. So it's a tough one as a fantasy manager. Now, I don't have Collins anyway, anywhere, so it's a little bit easier to say these things when you when you're not making the decision yourself. But I think I'd be fine cutting him. Uh, because even if he does play, we saw what it looked like previously when he was yeah. playing through it, which all credit to him for playing hurt. But in the previous four games when he was playing hurt, he averaged 9.3 points, yeah. 6.3 boards, one assist, 0.5 blocks, 0.3 steals, all while shooting 35.9% from the field. Yeah, it got in, it got even worse uh, after the Detroit game. That's where he hurt his finger. And so that was mm -hmm. the two-game stretch. I, the first game, he was like 0 of 9. And the next game yeah. it was really right. bad too. And his shots, they weren't even close. Um, yeah. And again, looking at the finger, not hard to, to understand why. Um, mm -hmm. So last night against Portland, uh, Delon Wright got the start. This was a game with uh, Gallinari was also resting on the second leg of a back-to-back. -back. Delon, he played, I think, 30 minutes. Wait, 40 minutes. That seems high. But I'll just go with it. <laughs> he, he missed all of his shots. Uh, had four boards, four dimes, three steals, and a block. I'll take that in a Roto League. Not sure if it's uh, useful in a head-to-head -head setting. Uh, DeAndre Hunter slid over to power forward, and he finally did something other than score. He had two steals, two blocks, three triples to go with his 20 points. I would anticipate him being a little bit more involved in the offense and hopefully more defensive stats coming his way. Uh, with John mm -hmm. Collins out of the mix, him playing more in the post. Onyeka Okongwu, he logged 20 minutes off the bench, had a so-so line. Um, I kind of think that his minutes are going to be matchup dependent. Portland runs a ton of small ball right now, so it wasn't really his game. And uh, Gorgie Jang, he had, he had a DNP CD, which, you know, Danilo out with Collins out, not a great sign, right? Uh, so he's clearly not someone that yeah. you should get. Uh, I think the obvious beneficiary here is Mr. Ice Trey. This man has gone bonkers. Another 40 spot last night. So over the past two games, he's put in 93 points, 12 triples, 17 dimes. Jeez. Pretty nice. Pretty nice if you can get it. Man. Yeah, he's he's been awesome. Kind of Another kind of unheralded guy because he hasn't, you know, maybe made some kind of crazy leap and maybe he's just doing what we expected of him or I'm not sure what it is, but he, we don't seem to talk about Trey Young very much, but yeah, man, I he, think, he's been great all year and he's fantastic lately. I think he's just kind of in the, in the range where we expect it now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Like a guy like Chris Middleton, like, Oh, he's top 40. He's doing really well, exactly. but that's exactly what we thought. So why we don't really need to talk about it. Um, yeah, I got you there and I'm with you. I mean, I, I think Onyeka Kongo is a nice kind of streaming play, potentially mostly deeper leagues. Um, Deandre Hunter, I'm kind of on the fence. I, I like it. He's getting a ton of minutes, but man, is he not doing much with it? Um, I think this, this month he's averaging almost 34 minutes a game, Jared. How many rebounds do you think he's averaging in 33.8 minutes per game? This is a tall man. 
Uh, three, maybe. He's six eight. He's averaging two point four rebounds. <laughs> in thirty four minutes per game. God. It's hard to hard to do. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so str- struggles there, as you said, he did give you two steals, two blocks last night. That's what you're going to need more of for him to hit uh, twelve team value. Yeah, yeah. But moving on to Portland, uh, we don't have a ton of time left, so I'll try to move through this quickly. And we did talk about the Blazers last week, but a lot has changed since then. So let's revisit it quickly. Last night we saw Trenton Watford, Brandon Williams, Drew Eubanks, and Josh Hart all kind of go off for the Blazers. CJ Ellaby even had 13 rebounds and five dimes. So in the absence of Anthony Simons and so many other guys for the Blazers, who among this group that I just mentioned with Watford, Brandon Williams, even Eubanks, Josh Hart, uh, who seems sustainable to you? I, I lean toward currently rostering um, all of them, I guess, except Ellaby. Yeah. Who's the most reliable? I think Watford right now is yeah. Brandon Watford. Yeah, Watford's Watford's been good for like a while at this point. Um, I would say him. Drew Eubanks has been nice the past mm-hmm. two. Josh Hart's been on a heater, but I just I do I don't think that Josh Hart's gonna. I'm worried you know, about him. How how many more games? Yeah. Gonna play? Yeah. Um, the, this team does not want to win. This team does mm-hmm. not want to win games. Having Josh Hart on the floor is going to help them win games, and he has absolutely nothing to prove. I, I, I just, so I guess just just that aspect would would make me not say Josh Hart, despite the heater that he's been on. I think it's Watford. Yeah, I'm I'm with which you. Is a little bit sad. Where <laughs> Portland is has fallen having to. any reliable though, because I talked about this with Matt on the four by five recently. The that there's this belief like oh scrubs are filling in someone's gonna have value and like as okc shows us frequently that's not always the case just because guys are suddenly playing 32 minutes so portland to their credit like i think eubanks is a viable 12 team guy right now if you want to stream him watford for sure and last night he had 22 points two threes nine boards two dimes and four blocks with one turnover Uh, he's been like just flat out good brandon williams had 20.6 dimes last night two triples yeah, so I'm down with all these guys. I'm glad that you brought up Hart being a little risky because I do think the shutdown risk is real. We already saw him sit out in a non-back-to-back situation. I think it was last week or slightly over a week ago. I thought that was the beginning of the end. Now he's had this amazing couple-game resurgence here, but I'm worried. I think the other shoe will drop and there's a shutdown coming at some point, uh, ho- hopefully after your yeah. fantasy playoffs end. Uh, and then Chris Dunn, final note on Portland. Chris Dunn did make his Blazers debut last night. He had two points, five boards, three assists, two steals. I just give him a look for steals, basically, and nothing else. But it's nice to see him back in the league. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just just further point on Josh Hart. Um, he's not in a contract year. He will be next season hmm. uh, with a player option. But again, just even less reason. You know, he, he has nothing to prove here. He's guaranteed money next year right just need him to stay healthy exactly Dame's not gonna play so whatever yeah Yeah. and then we'll close out with a couple guys who are either expected back or could return on tuesday latest we heard cj mccollum could return on tuesday it really helps that the pelicans are in the middle of the play-in race and they seem to actually want to make it which kind of leads me to the thought that the play-in innovation to me has really, and another thing we probably don't talk enough about, it's been fantastic for fantasy because it simply pushes back the start of silly season 
and ensures that there are fewer teams and therefore many fewer players actually involved in the silliness when it does arrive. So having yeah. all these extra teams with extra incentive to play, like I, I love it as a fantasy manager. I think it's a brilliant turn of events in, in recent years. 100%. And again, gives a guy yeah. like CJ McCollum more incentive to come back. Brandon Ingram, who's dealing with his hamstring injury, uh, he's due to be reevaluated later this week, by the way. We'll hope for the best there. But he would otherwise probably be a glaring shutdown risk. Um, now he's got more incentive to return. Same same with Jonas mm -hmm. Valanciunas, who's healthy. But you would think that on a very bad team, you know, typically going nowhere, maybe he's a shutdown risk. And early in the season, it looked like that there was a good chance that could be the case. But now New Orleans has something to play for. Are, are you with yeah. me there? You think these guys are safer at least because of the play-in factor yeah safer uh more nervous about ingram okay. yeah. from the hamstring but but not not particularly worried about jv for all the reasons you mentioned yeah which is a beautiful place to be so congrats to all those people who ignored me in january when i was fretting about the the pelicans <laughs> atrocious record it, it helps that they've gone on some win streaks a couple guys lower on the radar in New Orleans. Najee Marshall's been playing well. Jose Alvarado has had a couple very nice games. He had 15 steals in a six-game span recently, including a huge game with, I believe, like 20, 10, and six steals. Yes. Six. Massive. Six steals. Grand Theft <laughs> like Alvarado. <laughs> I, think, I think he's, he's nice. Um, but, you know, if CJ comes mm -hmm. back today... I don't know. I, I think that really crushes him. Um, Najee Marshall, I'm a fan of. He showed us last year uh, and over the final stretch run that he's capable of doing this. But I'm nervous about Willie Green continuing to yo-yo his minutes. Um, so a uh, little bit concerned about both those guys. Um, but I guess Marshall, a uh, little bit, little safer with Ingram. Um, you know, definitely not going to be back today. So potential streamer option uh just to close us out here yeah. i don't i know we don't have too much time but uh, isaiah stewart was removed from the injury report uh yesterday meaning that he's going to play today on tuesday uh pistons they only have three games this week but they all come on great days um today there's only four games tuesday um thursday there is only one game detroit versus orlando mm -hmm. and saturday another light day with just four games on the slate. And then next week, uh, he has a four game week. So that was someone that I ran and got, uh, I spent one of my few remaining, it was mm -hmm. actually my last move, uh, and I, I match up against Matt, but I, I feel like it's worth it. You know, um, he's been better over the second half. Um, the scoring isn't always there, but you can pretty much count on blocks and boards. Um, and yeah, his return obviously drops the lunch lady <laughs> off of the cliff and uh, Isaiah livers or whatever. He, he's yeah. he's done turn in your hair net, so. Kelly Olenek. Uh, your, your, your time is up. <laughs> and yeah, Stewart has been much better. Uh, the rebounds were up. He was a reliable source of blocks. So I'm down to go go pick him up. He's been disappointing. I'll say it bluntly, I think, compared to preseason expectations he just never never hit that yes. next year that we were hoping to see and i i wouldn't blame the presence of kelly yes. olenek i mean he wasn't even there to begin with or 
anyone else. I think it's just the way Stewart has played this season. But it, yeah, he's back. He's playing well enough to pick up. You mentioned the the favorable schedule, which includes the four game week next week and four games the week after that. So depending how far your playoffs go, you're pretty much set regardless. Uh, so whether you're looking to stream them just this week or yeah. a hold for the rest of the season, save you transactions going forward. Uh, I'm I'm down with beef stew. So let's let's hope. He does something. I was going to come up with a pun right there. Let's hope he gives us a filling meal or something. But it wasn't. It wasn't coming naturally, Jared. <laughs> beef stew. Beef stew cancels the lunch, lady. Ah, there's something oh, there. Yeah. All right, we're going to workshop that, and we'll be back next week to let you all know what we came up with. Jared, thanks again, and good luck in your playoff matchups this week. Since I'm not phasing you. <laughs> good luck to you as well against Steve. Thanks, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> Adios. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.